Here's a cheer for beer, sir, a cheer for good old beer. It'll be a glorious day, sir, when we get back our beer. Hi, this is Woody Sobey on Radio Boise with the Boise Brew Minute, where I talk with locals in the beer scene to find out what's brewing in Boise and beyond. Today I'm talking with Marshall from Brewlosophy.com. Marshall, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. So you guys do all sorts of cool experiments, mostly for homebrewers, I assume, on your site, and you uh, compare variables and you do a lot of cool science. Have you got any experiments right now? Yeah, we've always got experiments uh, in the chamber, so to speak. Um, right now, we've got one that we plan to publish on um, on Monday regarding hop age. Pretty interesting results on that one. So in terms of hop age, you're talking about how long the, the hops have been stored? Uh, really kind of how long ago the hops were harvested. And uh, and then, yeah, they, so, so a component would be storage time, the, the way the hops are stored, whether they were vacuum sealed or not. And uh, in this particular case, we've, we uh, had a really cool reader named Ryan Casey who emailed me after our last hop age experiment saying that he had some 10-year-old Simcoe, a really popular hop right now, uh, you know, that back in 2005 when these ones were harvested was, was much newer than it is today um, and, and kind of developed a reputation for tasting. I've never tasted cat piss in my or in my beer before, but I don't, I don't never tasted it in real life either. And so that it developed a reputation for tasting catty, as some say. And, uh, and so I was really curious to compare it, these old, you know, 2005 crop Simcoe hops to a much newer, you know, I think we got some 2014 um, Simcoe hops. And so we made the same beer. Uh, I split the wort post-mash, so right after mashing and, and, and the stuff that, you, that, you know, the, the, the wort was blended really well together, and then I split them between two kettles and, and uh, boiled, boiled both separately and added old hops to one and new hops to the other. They were both single hop beers. And when you're working with these hops, are these uh, whole hops? Or are they pelletized, or how are, how are you using them? So these were both, uh, these were both pelletized hops. Um, I will say that the, the pellets from the 2005 crop were, were remarkably smaller than the newer, fresher hops. And I, and I was doing some research and found that uh, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of the folks who were doing the pelletizing back then kind of switched processes five or six years ago. So you've, you've brewed these, and then how do you, how do you test the results to, to compare? So uh, the main thing we do, uh, particularly for the experiment series, is uh, what, what's called a triangle test. So basically what we'll do is we'll make two beers, and we'll do our best to isolate a single variable. And in this case, that variable was, was hop age and also storage because that, that's a component as well. And so we'll isolate that variable, and then we'll pick one of those beers, one of those two beers, to be the single one in a triangle. And so essentially what we're doing is we're serving participants three unmarked glasses or cups. Uh, we use opaque colored cups so they can easily pick which one is, is uh, the different one. And we ask them, two of them are from, this, from one keg and one of them is from the other keg. And we ask them to select the unique beer. And if enough people are capable of reliably detecting the different beer, then we can say with some confidence that uh, the variable did, in fact, produce some sort of a, a distinguishable difference. And do you find with a, a lot of the experiments that you do that they are able to detect that difference? Uh, so the last time I ran the stats, so far I think we, we're, we're pushing about 80 experiments so far since February of 2014 when we started this whole thing. So in, in roughly 80 experiments, we found that about uh, 32% uh, came back statistically significant, which to me is pretty remarkable given the, the, the fact that we're testing very, very singular, you know, simple 
uh, isolated variables um, in this context. So um, about 32% come back significant. And uh, what were the results of uh, this test? So the results of this one were, I, I should give a little background first. We've run the same test uh, with using 10-year-old Willamette hops that were well stored. So when I received them from the person who had these old hops in their freezer, they were uh, vacuum sealed very tightly in a, in, a, in a bag that hadn't been opened in 10 years. Uh, I compared those in the same beer with uh, uh, 2014, 2015 year crop Willamette hops and the beers tasted exactly the same. There was no difference. With these ones, uh, one of the uh, added variables is the fact that the Simcoe hops weren't stored very well. Somewhere along the line, the, um, the bags that they were stored in, the seal got broken. And so, uh, w you know, one of the enemies to hop aroma and hop character is oxygen. Uh, and on top of that, they were shipped during a warmer month. And, and so it was warm and, 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 and O2 rich. Two, two big issues for hops there. Two big issues for hops there, yeah. And so uh, needless to say that the, the, the beers were definitely different. They were so different, in fact, that two of, I believe it was 23 people, uh, got it wrong, and everyone else got it right. They were able to very easily detect the unique sample, which in this case was the old hop beer. So two beers were from the, the fresh hop batch, and one beer was from the, the older hop batch. And what almost ubiquitously what people were saying was that the older hop uh, uh, imparted a very harsh bitterness. There was none of that citrusy, piney character you expect. It was just this sharp kind of tongue-coating bitterness that was very unpleasant. Uh, so bad, in fact, that I actually ended up before, after I collected data from about 23 people, I just dumped the keg because I didn't even want it on tap anymore. It was so bad. And, and so uh, interesting thing about this one is that this is the most, quote-unquote, most uh, uh, st statistically significant finding that we've had so far. Uh, we're, the most number of people who were able to detect the different beer. It's impressive that they were able to detect it at such a high level there. I guess one of the takeaways then is that if you're a home brewer and you've got those hops sitting around in the back of your fridge, you, you better use them or just pitch them. Yeah, I, I, regardless of what the data says, I would say use your hops you know, in the order that you receive them. <laughs> you know, The fresher, the better. Um, if you have to save them, make sure you're vacuum sealing them and you're throwing them in your freezer and you're making sure that no oxygen or heat are getting to them. You know, it, what, what our first experiment on the, on the topic shows us is that well-stored hops seem to be still usable and not bad. Uh, something about the oxygen, I haven't studied the science behind it totally yet, but something about the oxygen interacted with those old hops. Unless, you know, 2005 Simcoe were just bad. Just a bad year. <laughs> Could have been just a bad year. Yeah, I think the oxygen had a, did, did something. Uh, I, I've heard theories about uh, beta acid uh, becoming more prominent and that being much more harsh than the alpha acid that we're used to having and, and th that type of bitterness that it imparts. Yeah. All right. Cool. Have you got other experiments that you're working on that you can talk about yet? So we've got another experiment that we plan to publish in just a couple of weeks. Uh, it's the sixth in the uh, line of our fermentation temperature series. Uh, fermentation temperature, as most home brewers and professional brewers know, is incredibly important, or at least that's what we've been told. So far in five fermentation temperature experiments, We've, we've only had two come back significant, and we're comparing, you know, lager yeast fermented at 50 versus 68 degrees, 
the only one that, that I've, I've brewed personally that came back significant was uh, an English ale yeast, uh, WLP002, which is one of a fa- uh, favorite of mine. That was, I believe, uh, we did 63 versus something like, uh, you know, 70 degrees or something, and, and, uh, or 73 degrees even. And, um, you know, most people actually preferred the, the warmer fermented beer, which was odd. And, and they were, you know, reliably able to detect the different one, but they, they preferred the one that they didn't think they would prefer, which I thought was yeah. interesting. So the next one we're doing is actually a little, little uh, uh, hint here. Is, is the yeast that we used was uh, a blend of 25 different strains that a really cool dude, fro- who, a homebrew shop owner out of Virginia, uh, sent me. And so the idea being that if there's so many different strains in there, if we ferment one cool, perhaps the cooler, you know, lager or hybrid type strains are going to be accentuated more. Whereas in the warmer fermented ones, the English, British yeast and stuff like that will be accentuated more. So I don't know the data on that yet. It's a cool idea, though. I hadn't, uh, you know, I I know people who pitch multiple yeasts on beers, but I I haven't heard of anybody pitching one batch of of 25 different strains in there. And interesting to see what the, the flavor profile of those 25 strains gives you there regardless of temperature but yeah i was um this is the first time i've ever actually fermented with a blend outside of uh sour blends and uh it's pretty interesting i was i was sampling them just before i came over here actually and uh you know I, i'm not i'm not very uh, so far i can tell you that i don't think it's a significant test and they were fermented pretty far apart uh in terms of temperature uh, they just taste so similar and uh the the cooler fermented one maybe if it, my biased mind tells me that, that maybe it's a little more grainy, has a little bit more of that pills malt character, where the warmer fermented one is just cleaner. Um, I think we did something like 60 degrees versus 75 or something like that. And they're really, really close. <laughs> they're really close. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward to reading that one when it comes up on, uh, on your blog here soon. And Marshall from brewlosophy.com, thanks so much for your time today. And cheers. Hey, thanks again for having me. Cheers, man. This has been the Boise Bruminant, a Drowned Chipmunk production here on Radio Boise. For more information about the show, including archives of previous shows, please visit drownedchipmunk.com. We'll drive away the blue all blues, we'll fill ourselves with cheer. And when we're coming from home from work, we'll stop for a glass of beer. Hey, here's a cheerful beer, sir, a cheer for good old beer. It'll be a glorious day, sir, when we get back our beer.